What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Brothers, we are going to march. We are going to hold together. We are going to get what we came down here for. He was capable of anything. All I'm saying is there's a lot more there for us. It's right, it's just, it's us, and it's possible. He wasn't afraid of anyone. He said, why shouldn't he take you out in the alley and beat you until you beg for death? Tell him he gives me a cup of coffee, I'll answer his questions. That's why everyone was afraid of him. The Justice Department has plenty on you, Mr. Elric. You don't impress me. He didn't want law, he wanted justice. I'm gonna do what I gotta do. <laughs> You asked it around, you're the judge right around my face. It's gone. Hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric coming to you with an underground edition of The Soul of Detroit because we are joined by a very special guest who wrote a piece for the Free Press last week that is still leading the charts. This is the kind of story where people overlook it because they're not looking deep enough, as in literally underneath our feet. It's a great story. She's a very talented reporter. And people are talking about this story days after it was published, which just doesn't happen often enough these days. So we'll introduce you in a minute to Amalia Benavides Colon. But first, I want to tell you about my friend, Sean Windsor, who's not here, which is... It's a shame. It's going to be one of his best performances ever. I think this will be the one time when he doesn't take the show off the rails because he's... Oh, yeah. You know what, though? He'll find a way. He absolutely he'll, will. He'll connect or something. He'll probably pop in. He'll probably... And then rag on the show. Find some way to mess it up. And of course, that was the voice of Mark Fellhauer, our uh, Uber producer, meaning that we don't pay him enough. He also has to do Uber, but he produces the show. And he's... Uh, don't. Well, you... You get I have, Germanic I have roots, so for, Uber it means Uber. very good, right? To, uh, super. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Anyways, you put me in a box. He's uh, he's here, and for those of you who are Patreon subscribers, you have been seeing some of our great intros and outros that now have a video component. I think last week where you kind of did a jib jab with with Sean uh, and others was maybe maybe the zenith of yeah. You'll see it at the end of today's show. Oh, it's at the end of today's show. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I was. I got a preview, page. so I was very excited, very excited. Um, and we are brought to you by Dr. Yaldo, a longtime sponsor of the Red Shovel Network, is back sponsoring the Solar He's only going to stay with us, folks, if you go see him and tell him that we sent you. And if you have to go see him, 
while wearing glasses, you will leave with your life changed because Dr. Yaldo can give you better than perfect vision. And he can also help you watch HDTV in HD without glasses. And we'll tell you how the many services he have av- he has available can change your life for the better in the same way that LASIK has changed my life for the better. We're also brought to you by another big Red Shovel sponsor, Zot Ford and Holly. They've got some great deals on there on F-150s, on Ford Edges, on Escapes, uh, you know, uh, F-150 Super Cabs, Broncos. They got it all. We'll tell you what the latest deals are and how you can avail yourself of those opportunities after, uh, after Amalia gets back to work because she's not only, she's not only a, a reporter, she's a student and probably has a bunch of other things going on. She's just like, she's like a force of nature. And Luke Nowacki, uh, Amelia's a little young, so. Oh uh, no no no! You're never too young to start. Well, okay. Uh, this Investing. is probably this is probably good to start. Amelia, do you invest at all? I don't. Okay. I should be. Well, <laughs> see, it's never too early. Maybe maybe you should talk to Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. We'll tell everybody listening, young or old, how Luke and Zach can make your future that much brighter because of the glitter of gold. And we're also brought to you by you. That's right. Patreon subscribers. It's really easy to support the show. Five bucks a month, you get ad-free versions of the show. You get to watch the show. And for different levels, you get all kinds of benefits that really make it worth it to become part of what everybody is calling the Soul Patrol. No one has called it that. Everybody will be. I mark, feel like I'm mark my take, words. taking Sean's rule today. That's okay. It's not a heavy lift. <laughs> right, Sean? Uh, that's right. So, uh, so let's get to Amelia. Um, I uh, read your story because it was fascinating. Thank you. And because I feel, and where's Sean? I'm going to make it all about me. Because my great-grandfather worked in the salt mines back in the early 1900s when you were probably just starting college. <laughs> yeah. No, no that's, that was probably 100 years before you were starting college or maybe even were born. Maybe like my great grandparents were born. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, then we both have great grandparents who were working around the same time. Oh no, they were born. Oh, okay, I'm already off. Where's Sean to save me? <laughs> Nowhere ever. But this is a tremendous story, and it was one that, as I said, people are talking about all over town. How did you come up with it? What made you think about this? No, I hate to be the token Gen Z in the room, but it was a TikTok idea. Okay, um, so this TikTok, this is a watch you had? What is this? <laughs> Come on. So there's this TikTok trend. <laughs> a pocket watch? The last few months of young adults, I want to say my age, young 20s, jumping into like sewer grates and from like Paris to the Paris catacombs to LA. I want to say it started with Steve-O stepping on cement in like New York and it fell through and he stuck his phone in the hole and there was a room And everyone was like, oh, is there like a city below the city? And all of a sudden, all these young kids were seeing which grates they could pull up to see what they could jump down and find. And I was watching hundreds of videos of these teenagers finding like opera houses and storage rooms and crazy tunnels. And the whole thing was like, what are these secrets our city is keeping from us? And part of me was like, okay, so if a Detroit kid went downtown and ripped up a sewer grate, where would he land? That's kind of where I started. Huh. I'm glad you did that instead of the Tide Pod channel. <laughs> this is much more productive. Yeah, I think Tide Pods were more toddlers. 
Oh, really? Oh, but yeah. Yeah, the challenge wasn't even real. Making Gen Z feel old with those toddlers on TikTok, eh? Yeah, they are taking over. Oh, little bastards. The 10-year-olds are everywhere. Well, I, I think the first yeah. obvious question is, how many of these tunnels were you able to go in while doing the story? None of them. None of them? You, you didn't go, get to go in any of them? Not even the utility ones? No, they're all in active use. So either actively being used or not given tours or paved off, graded off. Um, it was just a lot of historical research and looking at a lot of library archives to see what was under. I think anybody who's driven downtown is familiar with the steam tunnels. Oh, yeah. And they are, uh, they're really cool. And a lot of Detroit is powered by steam. In fact, I think at, Wayne, at one time, Wayne State got a lot of its power from steam. But if you were to walk around in those, I imagine you would be in a tremendous amount of agony because that shit is hot. Yeah. So I think my article is more like, hey, don't go looking for any of these places. But yeah, there is a city under our city that we can read about and explore. Uh, a couple of them, uh, not only just those utility tunnels, but I know the big one is Tommy's Bar. Because I, I remember when that happened about about 10 years ago, they unearthed and excavated and found like a secret room because that was all prohibition tunnels. Do you know of other prohibition tunnels or is that the big one from Canada? That's coming the across big the one that I found. Um, I found... I couldn't confirm any of the other tunnels or rooms underneath basements, um, but a lot of the speakeasies around the city and around downtown we do know about. Um, so one can only imagine that there were spaces underneath those buildings that were used sure. during the prohibition, um, but nothing I could confirm. And does the Tommy's Tunnel actually go all the way to Windsor or does it just go to the waterfront or w do we know where it comes out? I think it just ends up at a room. I think it's a tunnel that leads to a larger room where yeah. they were just storing a lot of liquor during the period. Okay. Yeah. I think they would bring it across the river and then right to Tommy's because it's right there and then hide it. Yeah. I think yeah. what was cool about Detroit during the Prohibition is the Detroit River would freeze. So they yeah. would literally just run across the ice <laughs> yep. with the alcohol instead of having to navigate it during the summer. Yeah, I've heard that if you were to go to the bottom of the Detroit River, you'd see Packards and other vintage vehicles that were driving across full of whiskey from Hiram Walker there in, in uh, the Walkerville portion of Windsor that maybe misjudged the thickness of the ice, and that yeah. was it. They went right to the bottom of the drink. So it's uh, whiskey and on the rocks, I guess. What was the big thing that uh, surprised you when you were doing all these research? Like which tunnel system? We were like, oh, wow, I had no idea. I had no idea Detroit had pedestrian walkways. Yeah. I think that's the one that blew me away. I love going to New York, and I think we see a lot of like great infrastructure in terms of pedestrian-friendly infrastructure. And I'm reading about how this area of 2nd and Cortland and Highland Park had thousands of like children dying at this intersection and tens of thousands of traffic deaths. So they just dug a tunnel underneath the intersection, and it was a little pedestrian walkway that was there for 10 to 15 years and now you can see the top of it graded over um fenced off i don't know if anyone's tried to get down there i did find tiktoks of people walking around exploring it um, oh they got inside no they walked or? kind of just around above ground okay. to say we know what's under here um but unfortunately we couldn't get under but there is the infrastructure if we wanted to i think the rule is if you could get inside something someone's already done it yeah. <laughs> or, or you know breaking into something mm -hmm. and so is there is there like a doorway that's chained or have they just put asphalt or concrete over it so that you you can't get in there but you see where 
used to be. Yeah, it's like a lifted cement rise in the pavement, I would say, that's like two, three feet high and then has a small grate where the door was. And then there were stairs that went down, kind of like a subway entrance. And you would walk down these five, six, seven stairs and then walk under the street to go up the other side. That That's crazy because I see busy cities, Los Angeles, Chicago, where they'll have... Uh, raised walkways where you go up and then you walk across and you come down. That seems like it'd be much cheaper, much easier. Do we know why people were felt underground was the way to go? I have no idea. From everything I read, it was just cheaper than hiring the labor to have a traffic crosswalk person in 1903 to stand there and direct traffic. Um, I don't know why they didn't go above ground. When did they decommission it? Like, um, when did they decide we don't need these anymore? People know how to, people know how cars work. <laughs> I think it was like the mid nineteen thirties. Um, I know they opened in around nineteen twenty, and then I do have written in my notes that there was one at Cass and Peterborough in Mer- Midtown, oh. and also along Woodward and like Pleasant Ridge. Those are all long paved over now, hmm. but there were a couple pedestrian tunnels used in the same way there. And they would go from east to west, I take it. Yep. Okay. So for people who heard the show a couple of weeks ago with Robert Davis talking about some of the problems in Highland Park, it seems incredible to think that this completely broke little enclave within the city of Detroit did anything that required anything other than the bare minimum. But in the 20s, Highland Park was one of the wealthiest communities in Detroit, and it's in, well, in, in Michigan, frankly, because the Model T was built in Highland Park and there's all this Henry Ford money in Highland Park. And and it's easier to imagine that Cass and Peterborough would have some nice things today because it's become very bougie and there's lots of groovy restaurants and everything like that. But in the 20s, it, so 70s and 80s, horrible place, terrible prostitutes, junkies, all this terrible stuff, grifters, pickpockets, all that stuff. But in the 20s, the Cass Corridor was like the spot that was sort of our, I don't want to say our Park Avenue, but it was a very, very thriving and dynamic place where the most prominent funeral home in Detroit was located. And I only know that because that's where Harry Houdini was laid to rest when when he died in Detroit. These were areas where if you did something that seemed a little crazy, uh, you didn't worry about what it cost because there was a lot of money around there. And of course, Pleasant Ridge, and they're still eating a lot of cake over there today. So I guess they've always had all the dough. But uh, but these were these were things that you wouldn't imagine when you walk by there. I mean, they, they this is a piece of Detroit that we've forgotten about. And the salt mines, we were talking a little bit before the show started. My great-grandfather worked in the salt mines. And as a reporter, I'm always looking for a way to get in the salt mines to check it out. Because my grandfather went down there to visit him. And he said, you went down a very narrow elevator shaft. It was incredibly cool and comfortable down there because the temperature was always controlled. And they had a city down there with big trucks driving around and little infirmaries for people who got hurt. And to get stuff down there, they had to take it down a piece at a time and reconstruct it down there. So it just sounds like this amazing place. And they don't do tours for anybody. You can't even talk your way in there as a reporter. Yeah, it's fascinating. The people who have gone down there don't realize they are one of very, very few who have ever had the pleasure of seeing this crazy elaborate city down there. So who's gone down there? Who, who, who talked their way into this? How did they do it? Did you have any pro tips for us? Do you want to be a miner? 
if you want to <laughs> hey, yeah, get a job there mining business um they're definitely hiring but other than that i have no idea how to get down there okay and did did you try and did you try and work some magic to get a a, a press tour yeah. i i think i tried with all the tunnels to just see how much they were willing to share and what they were willing to give um not surprisingly it wasn't much it was just kind of like no you should know that these exist and we can't help you beyond that. So who do you talk to? I mean, who, who do you say, hey, I want to go into this tunnel that's been closed for 80 years. You know, where do I find a key? Who, who even knows about these places? There's a lot of calling around, a lot of speaking with the salt mine. It's run by a Canadian-based um, salt mining industry um, to just see if they were willing to make something work, even if one photographer could go down and not one reporter um, but everything is very strict and stringent on like, it would just be dangerous to access a lot of these tunnels. Oh, it doesn't make me I'll sound like being a miner is a lot of fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just would have been like, yeah, I just, I, can I sign a waiver? Any waiver? Yeah. I'll just give up my rights. Now you also write there, there's, um, you know, these tunnel systems under these major complexes like the DMC and the Fisher building. Uh, were you able to go in any of those? Are those still active? I mean, I know the DMC one is, but the yeah. Fisher one. The Fisher one is still open. Um, it's very desolate. There's nothing yeah. much down there. It's kind of just an empty basement, if you think about it that way. So no one uses it? No, unfortunately not. But at one time, there was stores and coffee shops and businesses, and you could walk through there and get, as an employee, get from one place to another without having to deal with all the traffic going on above ground. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of cities have that, have underground like malls, basically. I know Houston has one. Um, I think Montreal does. I mean, there's just almost every major city does, but not here. But I guess that's one more area you'd have to police. And Well, and, and if, if, this is, if this is the spot I'm thinking of, there's like a post office down there, and I think there was a restaurant and a shoe shine shop, and maybe like a little jewelry store. It's, if you go to the Penobscot building, Penobscot's kind of strange because one street the entrance is higher than the other one, so you can walk through there, and there's florists and things like that. But when the Fisher Building was built, it was supposed to be part of a twin tower. There was supposed to be a companion Fisher Building. And Albert Kahn and Associates, who designed that and a lot of iconic buildings in Detroit, they also have the Kahn building that's on the Fisher building. I'm going to call it the campus there. And I think that may be connected to the tunnel. So they were thinking, how can I get from one spot to the other? Yeah. And back then they had people running, you know, mail carts and delivering things and the kind of things that we just wait for the uh, DoorDash guy to bring by or for the, the Amazon driver to drop off on our porch. And um, it, it's gone the way of the pneumatic tube. Yeah, and since the articles come out, I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten dozens of emails of people saying, you missed this one. Oh, and really? Oh, tell us about it. Yeah, or is this a follow-up? We don't want to steal uh, your thunder. Well, you can tease it. Well, there's just all these people from suburbia and all the suburbs just saying, oh, you have no idea what's out here. And when I was in high school, we used to go dig in this tunnel and check out under Northville Asylum. There might be tunnels. Um, I was told underneath Henry Ford's property, there is a network of tunnels that he used during one of the world wars. Let me not date myself. Um, <laughs> We're not up to three yet. So I'll give you yet, that one. Yeah. We're getting close, though. Putin guy is a pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, the public response has been absolutely insane because everyone's telling me which ones I forgot. And are That's these nice. <laughs> are these accessible? Can we go out and see these tunnels or are they also blocked off? 
They're all blocked off. I know in Northville, the asylum has since been torn oh, down yeah. or is in the process of being demolished. Um, one email said that they knew of a passageway that they had taken when they were a teenager that might still be say, down there. I've been in those tunnels. Oh, what's it like? Really? Spooky. I mean, when I was in high school, that was kind of a thing. You know, being from Ann Arbor, it wasn't that far away. So, yeah. I mean, doesn't everybody love tunnels? I mean, the adventure of a tunnel. Yeah. Well, now that you have a, a, a flashlight on your phone, but yeah. when I was would have been going into tunnels, there were lighters. You have no a lighter. phones and no flashlights. We had to have a candle or maybe a torch that we would light from a dragon. That we. I was just saying, how old are you? Pretty old. Yeah. I mean, I knew how many wars existed. there were. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember before. It didn't I remember start in, the, at in, one. The, in the aughts, Mark. Remember yeah, when we thought all the back when. we thought all them computers was going to break down and we were all going to be drinking water from a cistern. <laughs> that <laughs> really happened. We really thought the computers were going to shut. Oh, I, I remember. Know. There's a great documentary on that. Yeah, Amelia's like, what yeah. the, what, what's what's this? Uh, how old? Y two K. What is that? I am 21, but I do know of the Y two K debacle. So. 21. Wow, and you're writing for the Free Press and going to school, and, and so you want to be a journalist because not many yeah. people want to be a journalist. She anymore. is a journalist. Journalist. That's true. Sorry. I am a journalist. That's it. Um, no, I, you're right. A lot of people, even in journalism, don't really want to be in journalism or want to do something. Yeah. Why don't you want to be an influencer? <laughs> I can be an influencer and a, and journalist. a journalist. Good point. Yeah, um, but I, why journalism? She's watching that tickety talk. Maybe that's going to lead to influencing. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've always liked to write. Um, I attended the school of the New York Times when I was in high school. Um, which was crazy expensive. I hosted a fundraiser and raised all of the tuition to go from like friends and family. Oh, wow. Um, because there was no way I could have afforded that on my own. But I spent an entire month there learning about journalists' role like on the world scale. So I was at the UN and I was learning about all the work journalists do across the world. And I was like, oh, wait, I could write about other countries and make people here care about them. That's that's everything. So I mean, there's there's this narrative out there that people your age um, are, and I, I mean, there's some data to back it up. Get most of their news from TikTok or social media in general. Uh, is that what you see with your friends? And does it disappoint you? I mean, what do what do you make of all that? I don't think it's disappointing because I think it's evolving. I definitely think you could be getting your news from like the crazy Facebook extremists who post like Trump propaganda and like nonsense like that. But then there's also like the Washington Post has a TikTok. Um, well, I mean, okay, that, that then goes to the source and the layers yeah. of sources because, you know, the Washington Post can be, you know, they can be sued. TikTok yeah, can't be right. sued. I mean, we, we all know what is it? Section, is it section 230 in the Com Act that everybody wants to change because they're not publishers. And, you know, so somebody writes a story, it gets vetted and vetted again. And I mean, ML, you know all about that. Um, but TikTok doesn't have that. So somebody can jump on there and say anything. Do you see your friends believing stuff and everything they see? Like the Tide Pod Challenge that ML referenced? Not the Tide Pod Challenge, but I do think there is a lack of wanting to investigate if what we're reading is true. It's just taking it at face value, which yep. can come from social media. It could also come from broadcast news or listening to podcasts. You know, we just believe oh, yeah. what we hear and we want to take it as what it is. Um, but I've always been one that was taught to question everything and question the questions. So I think if you're not paying attention to who your sources are, then you shouldn't be reading it. Damn, I hope you don't work overseas. I hope you stay with the free press. We need we need more of that sort of scrutiny. I mean, one of the things that I learned uh, 
when I started in journalism, um, when I'd bring my carriage to the, the paper and <laughs> tie up my horse to the hitch and poach, of course, we had lawn jockeys back then. That's very controversial now. But um, there was uh, this saying out of Chicago that says, when your mother says she loves you, check it out. And that's kind of, we've lost that scrutiny. It, it feels like people, we have so many bands that you can just pick which channel best suits you. And you can just dial into that instead of saying, well, I got to watch this and I got to listen to this idiot till I hear the person I want. But you're still sort of exposed to different viewpoints. CNN used to have crossfire where you had the conservative mm-hmm. argue with the liberal. And now it just seems you have the liberal liberal, 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 or you have the conservative, 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 and they have their own channels. And it's it's very disheartening. But I do want to take you back to a journalism tunnel story that I don't know if anybody told you about this one. But when the Detroit News opened its building on, um, on West Lafayette, it also owned Channel 4 and WWJ Radio. They started WWJ Radio, and they ended up having to sell them because there were some cross-ownership rules and all this other stuff. Across the street from the Detroit News Building, which is kind of diagonal from Channel 4 now, there is a building that's now a Cambria Hotel, I think. That was Channel 4 TV station and WWJ News Radio 950. And underneath that building, there's a tunnel to the Detroit News Building. And during the strike in the 90s, the Detroit Regional Chamber of Commerce had moved into the old TV station, radio station building. And they were letting line crossers and managers and scabs go in through their building underneath Lafayette to get into the Detroit News building so they could avoid all the picketers and all the people who were, you know, railing at them. And that tunnel is still there. And it's still functions i guess if somebody wanted to use it now the two buildings have different owners so they probably don't let you down there but when the strikers found out about that they put so much pressure on the chamber of commerce that they end up saying okay nobody can use our tunnel to get to the newspaper so those tunnels were still active as recently as the 90s have you found your way down there I have because before the hotel bought it, it was a union building. The AFSME bought it from from the regional chamber. And so we could go down there and see it. But I don't know if I was able to go across because, again, they, the buildings had different owners. So you don't want to let just anybody wander into your right. into your building. But you, you mentioned off the top of the show, Paris. In Paris, there's a tour of the Parisian sewer system, and they will take you in basically (laughs) a gondola. Yeah, and I wouldn't say the smell is good. It's not as bad as I expected, but it's pretty interesting, and you can actually see addresses for every place you go. So you know exactly where you are in Paris, and they have intersection markers and everything. That's cool. And I went on this tour reluctantly with a guy who I was on a fellowship with who was worked at the Washington Post. And he wanted to do it because it was one of those things you do when you're in Paris. I'm like, I really don't want to go into a sewer anywhere. And he, he ended up hitting on our tour guide and <laughs> they ended up going on a couple of dates before we had to what? come back to the United States. Yeah. And I think he actually got her to cheat on her boyfriend which in france i guess that's nice the time but um i was like wow so yeah so my my roommate got a date on the parisian sewer <laughs> tour which did you do the catacombs when you were there too i did not do the catacombs but when we were in edinburgh last summer they have a city underneath the city and there are little chambers there where they would have like 
little speakeasies where they would have restaurants where they would store things where people, because it's a medieval city where they might hide out or they just needed the space because, you know, there weren't suburbs. You just had this, you're within the castle walls and you don't really build up because I don't think they had the engineering to do that. So you went down and they do tours. And of course they try and scare you and everything, but, uh, but this is not uncommon, uh, but it is, Kind of weird around here. That's humanity, right? We build on top of each other constantly and constantly. I did the catacombs, and it's really weird. You get just disassociated from the fact that these are real human skulls and bones because there's so many. Just You just feel like you're on a movie set. I don't know. Yeah. Really weird. That would be that would be a little weird. I think... I don't know if we could have picked up a tour guide in the, uh, in the skull. If you can music. do it in the sewer, you can do it in a, in a catacomb. Well, there was boning involved, I'm pretty sure. But I think <laughs> I just made you really attractive. With the, with the catacombs. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, well, this is a great story, Amelia, and we, uh, we really appreciate you sharing with it. We're going to have a link to Amelia's story on our website. Uh, I believe this is a subscriber only story. So, for $1 for six months, you can support not only the work of Amelia and all the other fine journalists at the Free Press, you can support. Your old pal ML Elric. So what other what other stories subscribe. have you done that you're super proud of or got a lot of hits? Um, you know, one that didn't go as crazy as I thought it would was I covered the alleged cult out of Sutton's Bay that has a Netflix documentary about the oh. Twin Flames universe. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, um, damn oh boy. Which they're hosting a recruitment camp festival in june um if anyone's interested in being financially extorted and wait wait so they are still sounds very attractive sounds like our patreon setup (laughs) you're telling me they're they're still active they're still actively really Mm -hmm. so tell us what they do oh it's crazy back us into this cult is this a sex cult is this a money cult is it a religious cult or they all have the same things in common it's a very controlling one yeah. yeah i think it's a high control group technically i don't know if we can call them a cult um i will i can call them a cult I'm not responsible to anybody. <laughs> on, on TikTok, we can. Yeah, on TikTok, they're called. <laughs> Still trying to figure out the iPod. I don't know. Does, does anybody help me with the iPod? Do you know what an iPod is? I don't even think I had an iPod. Oh, God, I feel so old. <laughs> it's, it's, explain this, Twin Flames. This, this is the worst morning of my life. So the Twin Flames cult was started by Jeff Ayan, who's a Western Michigan graduate, who um, has just been interested in like being a little self-help guru ever since he graduated. He started a bunch of different businesses under the idea of like i am the answer to your problems and the one that kicked off was um marketing the idea of twin flames which i think we all hear i think megan fox and machine gun kelly call themselves twin flames a lot Mm -hmm. but it's like your soulmate your otherworldly pair who no one else can compare to it's more than your husband or your wife it's like your eternal match right and no matter what no matter what and jeff has convinced thousands of people that he is the only one in the world who can confirm these matches and it is only through him that you can have this match confirmed and maybe potentially find your match if you don't have one and this netflix documentary came out in i think november of last year might have came out on amazon prime first and it spoke with a lot of these different people who have left the cult and have explained how they were roped into something that started um, just kind of as like a weird Facebook group that talked a lot about finding your perfect match. Mm, Self-help, but yeah. A lot of like, if you're sad, if you're lonely, if you're not fitting in, we can help you be the social butterfly that we you want to be. Um, and it was all virtual. So there were people from all around the world 
I think the documentary interviewed um, someone from Brazil who had fallen for the scheme. Um, a Brazil nut, if you will. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. And so... Let's get back to the iPods. Weak. <laughs> the iPod. So they're required to pay for classes. So they pay for these classes and it's a monthly fee and they buy a book. And then the classes teach them how to find their true match. And only by paying for all of the classes in the program can you truly find your twin flame. And the highest course is like five grand a month. Or something Sounds like Scientology. Yeah. So... So people aren't going to Sutton's Bay. Just Homeboy was based in Sutton's Bay. So he, he, d- he has doesn't have people- a camp or a uh, like All, a both really from yeah. what I remember. Yeah. Really? So he has a property which I found is a condominium property. Um, Pretty in sweet, Sutton's huh? Bay mm. That multiple people are living Got a at. Hot tub and everything. And police said that everyone there was working free will, but that when they were there. There were people like doing his laundry, sweeping his floor, cleaning his house, and they all just said, "Yeah, we we pay for this program, and that's why we're here." So uh, it's, we, they're all like consensually there. When you wrote about it, were you able to check out any kind of financials? Are they even five hundred one c three? Where they do they have to file, or is he private a private corp- corporation? He's a private corporation. I couldn't find anything on his personal financials, and I did get the police. Recording from the one time police were actually able to interview him in like Sutton's Bay, Traverse City area. And when they asked how much money he's made, he said, like, I'm not divulging my private business information to you. Yeah, because it's not cheap. Damn. Yeah, it's very expensive to be a member. And if you see, if you Zillow the house that they're living in, it's got like a giant Olympic-sized swimming pool, six bedrooms, four bathrooms. Like, it's stunning. Um, And they went from, you know, a two-bedroom apartment and... Near Western, where he started. I I missed that story. I'm going to have to go back and find that. That sounds like we didn't give that a big enough spot on the website. I have a follow-up one up today, actually, um, because one of the survivors (laughs) from the documentary is going to be in town next Thursday for like a book event about escaping cult life, which is just coincidentally going to be a couple months in advance of their big recruitment festival they're hosting in Traverse City this summer. Some um, counter program. It is, yeah. Are you going to go to the recruitment thing? Should I go undercover? A hundred percent. I'm honestly terrified. Really? What What scares you about it? I think he would suss me out very quickly. I think he doesn't seem like an idiot. From well, what I've I'm, gathered, he seems I, very. Thing like, about cult leaders is often very, very, very smart. Yeah, they, he's very manipulative. Yeah. They know to tell people what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes they get elected mayor. This is um, this is uh, one of the things that I stay out of casinos because I feel like you know I'm not going to get sucked in. But I'm worried I'm going to get sucked in. I would be worried about meeting somebody like this. Like ah, this guy, you know, all these suckers fall for it. Next thing you know, like yes, master, I've swept the garage. Oh, is it time no. for me to change the filter on the pool? And you're like, holy shit. Oh, you're too I've skeptical. been in here for 20 years cleaning this guy's garage and listen to his iPod. I know. I, I don't want to like... I'm not going to let go of the iPod. The hundreds of people who are actively paying for his program because I do think they can't get out of it type of thing because after a while they're, they're roped into being an employee of the program yeah. and then all of their financials go through him. And he oh, that's right. Don't they, have, don't they have to turn... To, oh boy, I might be confusing my cults, but don't they have to turn over when they move there? Don't they have to turn over all their money to them? 
Or am I confusing that with Mother God or Mother Love? Yeah, that might be a different okay. cult. But I I'm do, getting my cults confused. I do remember the one survivor who's speaking in Traverse City next week said that the cult leader, Jeff, had started a GoFundMe in her name to raise money for her new apartment. But all the money went to him and he oh, told what her an exactly asshole. what she was allowed to buy. What an asshole. It, it's scary how these things are all over the place. It's not just out in California or some exotic place. Rob Walchek at Fox 2 did a great story on a cult that was, I think, in yeah, like the East Grand Side. Blank or Flushing or oh, something. Oh, they were there? It's just some guy who I think was a therapist, like a massage, massage therapist, therapist or yeah, something. This, and then Rich Fisher's daughter, yeah, unfortunately. Rich, yeah. Rich Fisher's daughter, uh, you know, I think when Rich died, you know, one of his great regrets is that he wasn't able to reconcile with his daughter because she was so so drawn into this that I think it was one of those things like she hated him or told him she hated him and he was just trying to rescue her. These are heartbreaking things, but this is, damn, we we could have done two shows. This is, this is (laughs) great. Yeah. Everybody loves cults and everybody loves tunnels. Yeah. (laughs) They're fascinating. Cause just just a big fan of, uh, well, when you get into a cult, you sort of enter into a tunnel, a tunnel of despair. Oh Lord. But smart people get roped into cults. Very, very smart people because they want to, people just want to believe in stuff. And I'm amazed that uh, maybe I'm just too cynical, but I'm amazed that people want to believe in an individual that's telling them things. That, that, that transcends uh, faith and things like that. When you look at the people who are victims of Ponzi schemers, they are some of the most wealthy, successful people out there. These Ponzi schemers don't say I can get $5 from everybody in the room and come up with a hundred bucks. They find the big horse in the room and then they drain them. I mean, these people are, they have a power about them. A A, a lot of times though with Ponzi schemes, those people um, are greedy. Right? Well, and, I mean, I just look at Bernie Madoff. And Nobody, they have a quick score, get 10% right? returns. Right, yeah. exactly. You're like, well, I'm getting 2% of my bonds. I'm maybe getting 5% on the market. Uh, and uh, and this guy gave me 10. And the minute I gave him $10,000, he gave me $11,000. So let me give him a million dollars and end up with uh, $1.1 million. And after you get the first payback, then it just kind of stops. Or worse... You know what's going on, and you recruit people so that you are the first one to get paid out, which is uh, is pretty diabolical too. I think smart people get roped in because they think there's there's got to be some bigger meaning, and just this, you know, everything's bigger than what is going on in my life. And sometimes it's just not. Sometimes life is just life, and I don't know. Maybe I'm too simple to get roped into a cult. Yeah, I think I I'm not the right type to get roped into a cult either. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, are you, are we not asking questions here? Are we not? Yeah, like, I'm not looking for anything God more now. Yeah. Like, it's just very. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As if God will not sudden. I th- I think you should go. I, I think, think you should too. I don't think you're going to get roped in. Yeah, but we'll I, see. I don't want to be complicit <laughs> though. Next thing, <laughs> what's well, that? They 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 they're probably not worried about you getting roped in. They're probably worried about the mileage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a business. So we. Yeah, it is a long trip. Maybe maybe we'll carpool. We'll get you in for the photographer, and we'll we'll go out in a. Uh, in a electric car. I think we should probably pay a lower rate on mileage for electric cars, but uh, that's another topic. Well, uh, Amelia Benavides Cologne doing some great work at the free press. She's worked. It turns out everywhere else in Detroit. I hope that your last stop in Detroit will be at the free press, but now I know you have to finish getting your degree, right? I do. I graduated in May. Congratulations. Yeah. She's doing all this stuff before she graduated. Oh, I know. Think of your, oh boy. I really do feel, at least I know how many world wars there are. That's all I got. (laughs) Think about what you were doing at her age though. Although you you probably were doing something. Uh, well, at, at, at your age, my senior year, I, I, 
I was working as the clerk in the Free Press Lansing okay. Bureau, and I was editor and publisher of my own weekly tabloid at Michigan State. We did 10,000 issues a week, so I was kind of crazy, but it uh, didn't get me nowhere. <laughs> he says from his basement yeah, exactly. studio. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm in a basement with another 50-year-old guy working <laughs> on a podcast begging people to give us five bucks a month. <laughs> Your future is much brighter, believe me. You you will not end up in the basement with a couple old guys in flannel shirts. I was looking so forward to this interview, and I feel, I hope nobody from a cult comes around and tells me they can turn my life around, because I feel very vulnerable right now. But uh, but Amelia, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I know you got a lot to do, but if you want to stick around for the rest of the show, we we could use, uh, you could probably explain some other stuff to us, like... um, these cars that don't have drivers. What's going on? Are they haunted? What's happening with that? And this this Elon Musk guy, I guess he's got this thing called X. Oh, yeah. I'm not calling it that. That used to it's be Twitter. Twitter. Okay, yeah. good. I'm not falling for that shit. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank God. I'm, we got rid of the carriages, but we still keep in Twitter. Yeah, we're keeping that's, Twitter. That's one point for the old guys. In fact, I refuse to write formerly known as Twitter. I just, that's it's, so stupid. Like we're not calling so it that's all I call it. I call it X. I call it X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Can we call it X Twitter? Like just for you know simplicity. Because then, what do you say when you retweet? It's no something. longer Twitter. It's X Twitter. You post it. You repost it. I guess that's what it's called now. Is that not Facebook? I uh, I don't know. Do you do Facebook, by the way? I do do Facebook. I think we should all be on Facebook. Oh God! What, what why? about Instagram? Hit different audiences. You, I don't think you should be you on do any Instagram. Of it. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on all of it. Can you explain Instagram to me? Instagram's all for the selfies and the aesthetic photos. Okay, we're gonna Snapchat. Have to- do you do Snapchat? Oof! I've been less off Snapchat since high school. I have to admit, I'm not really drawn to it as much. Uh, how anymore. about Threads? Do you have a thread? I made a thread once he called it X. Because I panicked. Um, Nobody's on threads. Yeah, so I just have it sitting there just exactly. in case that. Truth social? Down. No, I am not a truth social. What, what's the new Jack Dorsey one? Blue streak oh, or yeah. blue note? Um, or? Ooh, never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, blue something. Yeah. Is it blue sky? Maybe it's blue sky. Yeah. yeah. How many do we need? None. Uh, actually, none. Because I mean. my folder's full. Like, yeah. I'm over it. Uh, for those that want to follow you, though, what, what is your Twitter again and, and whatever handle you want to throw out there? My Twitter is my last name, at Benavides underscore Cologne. So check out Amelia. You're going to find links to her work on our website, mlsolvedetroit.com. And uh, man, I have a feeling we're going to have you back because you're doing some really cool stuff. Especially if you go to the cult meeting. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, don't don't see come back soon, and yeah. say everything I said on your show was wrong. It's great. We don't we don't need that. Yeah, that's, I'll that's find it. my twin flame. <laughs> yeah, twin go. flame. Yeah, who? I guess my buddy. Maybe that's how he pulled off this sewer scam. Where he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, they connected. I'm, I'm your twin flame." But I would think a twin, any kind of flame in a sewer with all that gas could be very dangerous. So I don't know. Anyway, the he, fault though, he's I, in a not, band, so he can do anything. Not to go back to it again, but I will. Oh. Um, the fault in that whole thing is not all flames always burn, and he would not let people leave. Like if it was a abusive relationship physically or emotionally he's like nope that's your twin flame you gotta stick with him and it's yeah. it's it's just wild that his word means more than what's actually happening to well, somebody so why would he let somebody stay with somebody who is abusive did the other person pay him to say Keep no. This person no they were both him? usually in the cult correct yeah they're both oh. in the cult and then he teaches them this psychological coping mechanism uh, yeah. he calls it where which it, costs more 
Yeah, right. You have to pay to learn. But if someone is abusing you, you just turn that around on yourself and you say, I deserve to be abused because of what I did. So let me analyze what I did to deserve this treatment. Yeah. So he just doesn't want to see the flock shrink. No, he's right. always got to be correct. But he's got a I mean, sucker. He's got to keep. Uh, oh, yeah. right. Because he picked the wrong flame. Exactly. And if you're wrong and if you don't have a twin flame, then the whole thing yeah. goes up in flames. Oh, damn. I can so go back flames. and read. And this is all for a dollar for six months. Unbelievable. What a bargain. How can you how can you miss that? Get, <laughs> get that free press subscription. Come on. What are, you, what are you doing? Drew, quit complaining about having to subscribe to shit. Well, if you need a dollar, I know a way to make a dollar. Oh, would that be from our friend's? They give you a dollar or do they turn your dollar they into can turn your dollar into more dollars, two. right? And we're talking about uh, Luke and Zach at Pinnacle Wealth. Give them a call, 248-663-4748. It's never too early, Amelia, to start investing. That's yes, right. sir. 401k. <laughs> sir. Get a Roth. God, I am old. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's never too early. Stocks, bonds, and remember, you can invest based on your age and where you want to be because you don't you know, you want to outlive your money, right? You got to spend it. You want to have it there when you're older. Uh, Luke and Zach, Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke and Zach, they'll make it all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Bonaic Wealth. Stink member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Bonaic Wealth. Stink is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent. Bonaic Wealth. Stink. So watching televised football in the high-def world has become the greatest show on Earth, the clarity and intimacy provided by those microphones and cameras can be mesmerizing. It's technology that was unimaginable not that long ago, and the same goes for the technology that Dr. Yaldo uses. You need HD quality vision to fully enjoy HD TV, and no one in Michigan provides as expertly or more often than Yaldo does. A Drew and Mike listener named Dana Wolf wrote the podcast this week saying that he was receiving, or he was recovering. He was recovering from his clear lens procedure and gave Yaldo, not surprisingly, a five-star review. Implanting high-tech precision lenses called clear lenses is the perfection of a very simple surgical procedure. It's the same as routine cataract surgery that millions of older Americans get every year. But these lenses are bifocal, which enables precise near vision that cataract lenses can't. Wolf is 52, has compromised near vision as most people over 45 experience. I'm one of them. When I turned 40, I started realizing, holy crap, I need to have as much light as possible so I can read a menu or whatever is on my phone. So Wolf looks at computer screens all day and is thrilled at the difference that his new bifocal clear lens implants make. Clear lenses are implanted to give crisp, close vision and eliminate the need for reading glasses and to also allow you to see with stunning precision at all distances. It's quick, it's painless, and best of all, it's permanent. And if you've had your fill of glasses, contacts, and readers, those of us who have worn contacts, those of us who are still carrying around readers, I just have to say, who hasn't had their fill of them? Yeah, Do who hasn't it? lost them? <laughs> readers? When they go on sale at Costco and you get like three for $12, I'm like, I'll take six because yeah, I know they're going to disappear. Yeah. Or, or your twin flame may <laughs> find that they have the same prescription as you. There you go. Yeah. And all right. of a sudden you go to their desk at work and there's a drawer full of Fred Stanford style, all of your readers. I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> <sighs> Do what Dane and hundreds of other listeners to this show to the Drew and Mike show have done, and hopefully some listeners of this show have done, see Dr. Yaldo, tell him ML sent you, and get amazing vision at every distance. You got to get to Yaldo? Of course you do. Yeah, how should I get there? 
Well, you can't take a tunnel. What? Amelia told you that that's not an option for you. They're all closed off. And they don't go all the way to Holly, which is where you'll find Zot Ford. He's in Holly, continuing to make buying and leasing as well as servicing your car, truck, and SUV. Simple, fun, fast, and affordable. And of course, the he is Steve Gabar, the general manager at Zot Ford. Right now, Zot Ford has some things most dealerships don't. That's the new Ford Maverick, full-size Ford Broncos, and super diesel super duties in stock and ready for immediate delivery. In addition, right now, when you see our friends in Z- and Holly at Zot Ford, you can get 0% financing up to 60 months. That's five years for those of you who got economics degrees at the University of Michigan. Or up to $10,000 cash back. Even a Spartan knows that's a good deal on select new Fords and inventory. Boy, they had, had a great game at Chrysler the other night. Uh, I was glad to be there. Plus, Zot's leases are still ridiculously good with payments under 200 bucks. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. On a new 2024 Ford Escapes and Ford Edges. Or get lease payments around 300 bucks a month on the new 2023 Ford Bronco Sports or loaded F-150 Super Cabs. Now, Teresa loves the Bronco, but I'm afraid she wants the 150 Super Cab because she loves oh, hauling yeah. furniture. I'm like, wow, what a great hobby. Let's carry heavy shit around to replace badass. other heavy shit. Oh, I know. You could take a damn house in there. This is all from our friends and studio sponsors, Zot Ford and Holly. Support us by supporting them and be sure to shout, ML sent me! When you walk into their showroom, see the details and their vivacious inventory at dealsinthed.com. And of course, we'll have a link to their website on our website. That's MLSolvedTrade. It hit me too. Like when we were talking about tunnels, we forgot two very important tunnels. One is the the tunnel of love, the the train tunnel that runs to the central train depot. Those, now I have been in that one. You have been in that one. Okay. That still runs from, they are rail tunnels from Windsor to Detroit. And in fact, get the bell ready, there was a deal. They called it the jobs tunnel where they wanted to bore the tunnels out so they could take truck traffic. So they'd become motor vehicle tunnels so they could get through the log jam at the border. It would be secure. You'd have customs. It'd be very fast. And they were just about ready to make this deal. There was a little tiny piece of land near the entrance to the tunnel Mm. on the train station grounds that the Maroons did not own. The city owned it and they needed this land for this deal. And the city agreed to sell the land to the Jobs Tunnel people for a million dollars, which is a pretty good price for a completely and utterly useless piece yeah. of land. Yeah. And at the last minute, Kwame Kilpatrick came in and said no. He quashed the deal. Why? Do you know? Well, around that same time, <laughs> Maddie Maroon and Kilpatrick's mother, Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick, had set up a little political action fund where the only people who put money into it were Maddie Maroon and Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick. And they used that money, they being Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick, the royal we, because she was a queen, to give things like wedding gifts to her relatives, graduation gifts to her relatives, to pay people who were her pals a little bit of money that didn't come out of her pocket. So it Mm. basically became... A little slush fund that was funded by by the Maroon family and entities and Carolyn Cheeks Kilpatrick's campaign fund so that she could redirect campaign money, which again wasn't her money, it's money she got from somebody else, into this fund so she could give it to the people that she knew and she loved. And so the jobs tunnel fell apart because 
Well, that, that was Bobby Kilpatrick basically roadblocked it. But oh trains still God. continue to go through there. But they're old tunnels. They're like 100 years yeah. old. So oh, yeah. you can't put the big double-decker trains under there. You can't run 18-wheelers through there. So, um, so yeah, those tunnels do you think are that'll ever? Going. Do you think that'll ever change? Maybe if Ford builds an assembly plant in Windsor. <laughs> okay, so, you no. Know? so no. But I, but I think the train, the, the tracks are owned by the railroad company or maybe uh. they're owned by the Canadian government or somebody. Ford doesn't own those tracks as far as i know so they'd have to work something out but yeah that'd be a great way to circumvent the uh the another, bridge well, yeah and another crossing all of these now most of the i think most well, of the assembly three, two, almost well soon three crosses. in windsor is all chrysler so i don't know that yeah. ford has anything going in ontario but yeah you're exactly right with the gordy Howe bridge coming up this notion that that one family one company has a stranglehold on the border is going to be obsolete and and maybe with the two bridges going at full capacity you won't need to find another way to get yeah. things in quickly but you know that's the kind of thing where you know it's underground once you get in it you're cool so they could they could skip through a lot of the the international boundary hassle there but uh the other tunnel story too is the detroit windsor tunnel and the infamous story which i always thought was an urban legend until someone found the newspaper article the guy that was decapitated in the tunnel you know that oh, story coming around the corner there yeah. where the pillars are up there that yeah. might be the most infamous tunnel story outside of you know prohibition and i think detroit. Every parent has told their kid that story. Yeah, well, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it could happen to you. It's, it's, the, it's the Sleepy Hollow story. But <laughs> exactly. It's, but, so, they did, somebody did find it? They did confirm this was true? Yeah, it was in the paper. Uh-huh. Was Sean yeah. the guy who had his head taken off? Is that? Well, you have to have one, right? Let's see. I'd still no Sean either. Uh, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Capitated. Damn it. Oh, man. The geeks have inherited the earth. What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek? Or we're turning into a cool guy? This is an easy one. The CFP. What? They named Ward Emanuel. Just Manuel. Oh, yeah. Oh, Ward Manuel? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> well, I was thinking Emmanuel's and Jesus. And whatever, whatever like excuse you want. Now, yeah. whatever. But yeah, they put Ward Manuel in charge of the CFP. You're kidding it was, me? Well, he was, I mean, God, believe me, dude, I, I don't want to be in any position to defend Ward Manuel. I'm not a fan. However, he has been on the committee the last couple of years, so why not make him in charge? The only thing that means is that Michigan can't get rid of him now. 
Yeah, I mean, you 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 pick a guy whose head coach was suspended for half the season, who's got another. And I know they're only wasn't suspended by the CFP. He's suspended by his own university, the Big Ten. Well, I think in true Michigan fashion, like we didn't accept the Big Ten's uh, punishment. Yeah, we just did. chose not to fight it. Yeah, that's a, there's a difference. Yeah, right. What do you care? Tainted asterisk. Anyway, Ward Manual, CFP. Come on, dude. You can't do better than Ward Manual. This guy came and run his own athletic department with all the money and the resources and the talents in the world. So CFP, you are my geek of the week. As you know, we've invited you to nominate your deep tracks, your bands that no one else has heard of but you, but that you love, to spend a little time in the new wave suite here in room 7609. And... Today I take a leap of faith. Uh, I am bringing in a song sent by a guy who has an email handle that looks like one of the secure passwords. It's randomly generated uh, on your browser and signs at Holden Caulfield. Oh, jeez. it comes with a uh, explanation. A of, we're a bunch of phonies, aren't we? Yeah. Well, it comes with a story that's actually longer okay. than the Catcher in the Rye and looks a little bit like the Unabomber Manifesto. Huh. And the song is by a group called Buju Banton, who I've never heard of before. It's called Till I've Laid to Rest. And I just sent it to Mark. And Mark queued it up and I said, are we going to get in any trouble? He said, no, I like it. I think it's going to I be like good. the song. It's it's reggae, uh, reggae drawn, I guess, is, would be the proper... This um you know box you want to put it into, but it's not it's as far away from new wave as you can get. Okay, so this I is think. this is gonna be an oral excursion and it starts off with this letter from from Holden. Hey fellas, and I'm gonna go fast because it's long. I heard this song last week and I could instantly smell our JV locker room. We had Buju's album Till Shiloh in the room's cassette deck. Can we still say Ghetto Blaster? And we listened to it after every practice. Why were a bunch of suburban kids listening to dance hall reggae every day in the fall? Somebody's hipster older brother, I suppose. But it's a great album, a great song, and it takes me back to when I could still enjoy the game. I don't want to come off as overly acerbic, but I no longer understand the appeal of football from a spectator's point of view. Oh, really? I played football in your area in the Detroit Catholic League, and then I played college ball. I love playing the game. Hmm. I now find all level of the sport completely unwatchable. Wow. Unwatchable. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. This is a quantifiable fact. Football has the second least amount of action of the four major pro sports in the U.S. Uh. How do I quantify this? Action index, AI. Length of time between ball snap and whistle. Total time you spend watching. The resulting fraction is 10% AI. 90% of a person's time watching a contest is ads and mind-numbingly stupid commentary from former players, coaches, etc. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's if you're home. The experience of going to games, and I'm withholding right here, is even worse when you factor in sitting through those same breaks with nothing but the screams of the lunatics around you to fill the void of action. And the helmet shuffle. Enough helmet shuffle! Not to mention the costs associated with the ticket, concessions, parking, 
Seriously, take a stopwatch, time each play, and compare it to the amount of time you watch. Don't reset the stopwatch, Mark. Just pause it at the end of each play. Or Spartan Bob. It's boring as hell! Wow. Now, see, all that being said, I some of the most fun I've had were those last two line, those two line playoff games, Michigan games, the national championship games. Well, it is. I mean, he's not, he's not wrong. The TV timeouts are ridiculous, but I think I've just accepted it to be in that environment. And it, and it's weird. The psychology of it, um, putting a clock on the scoreboard and how long till that break ends really does, you know, it makes it feel faster. And now that there's Wi-Fi in places, Everyone's just on their phone anyway. Well, I'm, I don't mind the stopwatch because otherwise I think the guy with the red hat's never going to get off the field. At least I have an, an idea. idea now. Yeah, yeah. What happened to that thing? And I think they pioneered it at Michigan where they would be giving you like a, a device where you could look at advanced stats and you could ch- do replays and Obsolete. stuff like that. That was a Stephen Ross company too. Okay. Like NASCAR events uh, used it, but that's why Michigan was one of the early rollouts, but it, it became obsolete because it's just, phones. everybody has a phone now. Everybody has a smartphone. <laughs> phone and that gets video and you know i I subscribe to youtube tv so i can watch replays whenever i want to on my phone at a game and i do all the time is there a bandwidth problem in the big house because spartan stadium which seats maybe seventy five thousand seventy seven thousand yeah it's hard to get uh, a good signal the internet access could be a lot better and you've got i know the the wi-fi password where i sit so okay so you got one hundred ten thousand at at Michigan, then all those dorks doing homework on Saturday. But um, but uh, the Ford Field's got really good Wi Fi now. Okay, the national championship game had the best Wi Fi in a public place I've ever been. It blew my mind how good it worked. But those stadiums are both considerably smaller than sure. Spartan. St- I mean, was it Ford Field sixty thousand? Sixty five, I think. Sixty five. Yeah. yeah. Silverdome used to be eighty. Yeah. So, and what was, was it Allegiant Stadium? Yeah, um, NRG down NRG. in uh, oh, down oh, in Houston. for the national champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that because the Super Bowl came and made it clear that college football I remember. national championships don't, don't matter. So awesome. Let's hope it stands national for, for Ward Manuel's sake. Oh, my God. Sake. Yeah, you're one of those. Anyway, here's where, here's where Holden closes the deal with me, and I'm with him all the way. Compare all that with hockey, which is basically all gas, no brakes, and I just cannot understand why such a large fraction of our population supports football. Hockey has the hits, the fights, and the action rarely stops. At least with baseball, between pitches, you have your scorecard to keep you busy. I don't know about that. Football, on the other hand, it's just the mindless babble of, well, Jim, you aren't going to score many points if you can't block, or other nonsense. I think Eli would. Yeah, announcers, on that too. announcers kind of drive me nuts. But I, you Leverage. Know, I like to sit there <laughs> Uh, you know, I, don't most people sit there and figure out, okay, Andy well, special. here's the down and distance. What are you going to do here? What can happen here? No. Yeah. And, and I sit with the same group of people or we're always talking about, well, here's, here's where we need to do a run. Let's try the flea flicker. I bet they're, it's Michigan state. We're like, I bet they're going to run into the line, you know? but <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can talk about I, stuff and you can go back and you can say, especially with the big scoreboards. And I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't see that. That's, that's okay. Maybe that was a good call or whatever. There's stuff the other thing too is football is going to keep, getting bigger because of gambling because it's an easy sport to gamble on one of, one of my good hockey buddies i don't think he follows nfl teams at all i don't think he cares about who wins or who loses but he's a fantasy player he knows yeah, everything go. about his team so he doesn't really care about the nfl yeah he cares about defenses and he cares about kickers and receivers who get points fantasy is one of the other things that's made football just Huge. nuts yep. because 
it's and, and why? Because it's it's gambling too, right? Mm-hmm. So you're all in a league and you got all this other stuff. But uh, okay, so Holden, boy, I can't believe we're staying with Holden this long. Um, yeah, we haven't gotten to the song yet. Oh, we, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> um, oh, there's more in the email. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. no, it's a fascinating he, email. He, I no, this take. is this is for all my uh, preamble. He, this is some good shit. I love playing football. I still do, but I cannot shake the boredom I feel when I'm exposed to it. And like politics, it seems to be inescapable. Yeah. I FF the segments of your show that you speak on the sport. Fast forward. Okay. So that's wrong. I can't imagine Sean's job having to cover this sport. How the heck does he do it? Well, he's, he's superhuman as he'll tell you himself when we're off mic, when he's actually an obnoxious, arrogant prick instead of the humble self-effacing gentleman that you all know. We know the true Sean. In fact, you know why he's not here right now? It's such a facade. He's getting a petty and a man. He's getting his nails did. Yeah, right. And I think he said he's- He's getting his head shined. He's getting his, he's getting a polish. He said a buff and polish. Um, I no longer have the cognitive dissonance necessary to be a football fan, Hmm. which is why I fell in love with it in the first place. Buju, he's bringing it home. This is good writing. He's bringing it home. Buju made me remember how great it was to play when it was fun to be a part of those teams. Keep up the good work, gentlemen, and let's go, Red Wings. So we love a story with the song, maybe not so long, but here, finally, is Buju Banton with Till I'm Laid to Rest. Seems like they have been wasted, eh? <laughs> Till I'm laid to rest, yes, always be depressed. There's no life in the way, sir. I know the East is the mess. All the propaganda and spread tongues will have to confess. Oh, I'm in bondage, living is a mess. And I've got to rise up, alleviate the stress. No longer will I expose my weakness. He who seek knowledge begins with humbleness. Work seven to seven, yet be still penniless. For the food of a mid-time, master God bless. All of it is needy and shelterless. Ethiopia awaits all prince and prince. Till I'm laid to rest, yes, always be depressed. There's no life in the West. I know the East is the best, yes, propaganda that spread. Tongues will Africa confess. What could have been some on the East? Everybody want a peace. Africa, free Africans, my cosmos, I speak. Unification, no humble feet. What a day when we walk in the redemption street. Man up our head, why be in a hand one and all Make we try the promised land Would you go down the Congo Stop in a shashama on the land The city of Ferraris where Selassie come from In a disababa then Botswana Yes, Kenya I ain't up in a Ghana Oh, what a beauty My eyes I behold Holy Ethiopia protect me from the cold Till I'm late to rest Yes, always be depressed There's no life in the West, uh, and all the East is the best. All the propaganda that spread tongues will have to confess. Organize and centralize. Come as one overseas, shall be so many more dancers. Some do want replenish pure at in hand. For too long, we've been under this man. Some are safe about the riches that them made empty hand. Was a stupid and not on your can. Easy to pour a camel to enter. Show an eagle light. 
Christianity's horror is dying to enter in a Zion. Take it from Iman. So, till I'm late to rest. Yes, always be depressed. There's no living in the West. I know the East is the best. Lord, propaganda them spread. Tongues will have to confess. Oh, I'm in bondage. Living is a mess. And I've got to rise up. Alleviate the stress. No longer will I expose my weakness. He who seek knowledge begins the humbleness. Work seven to seven, yet me still penniless. Body food up on me, table, master, God bless. All of it in needy and shelterless. Ethiopia awaits all prince and princess. Till I'm late to rest. Yes, always be depressed. There's no life in the West. I know the East is the best. All the propaganda them spread. Tongues will have to confess. What could I want some of the East? Everybody want a peace. Africa free. Africans mark us. Mosiah speak. Unification no nobody feet. But today we walk in the redemption street. Bad up on head. Bible in a hand on the nail. Make me try the promised land. Would you go down the Congo and then cash them on the land. This city of Ferraris where Selassie come from. From a disabob in a Botswana. Left Kenya ain't up in a Ghana. Oh, what a beauty me I sight behold. Holy Ethiopia, protect me from the cold. Till I'm late to rest. Yes, always be depressed. There's no life in the West. I know the East is the best. All the propaganda them spread. Tongues will have to confess. Organize, centralize, come as one. And there you have it. That's Buju Banton. I cannot really picture that playing in a suburban JV football. Oh, I can. I totally can. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, the stuff we used to listen to. Damn. Okay. In the early 90s. Well, Sean, what did you think? Oh, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Well, you you may have heard some of the shout outs in uh, in Holden's um, uh, uh, narrative about why this song meant so much to him. And he expressed his admiration and appreciation for what you go through covering what he considers to be the virtually unwatchable sport of football. Hello? No, I, 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 hello, can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. I don't know how good this connection is. Sorry about that. But we were just kidding about Sean uh, getting buffed up, but looking, looking pretty spiffy, <laughs> son. His connection sucks. So I'm glad we went down this road. Looks like, uh, looks nice. like they got a new blade on the Floby. Which is none. Let me, uh, yes. <laughs> let me, uh, sorry about the technology. Let me try, uh, let me try a different route here. Oh, boy. Okay. Not Cyrus, not necessary. Take yeah. Sean out. <laughs> no, you don't need to take me out. I'll Just come in for a sec. Two, two in the back of the head. Cops full of fucking party, man. Do we have any true romance fans out there? Oh, great. Now there's going to be an echo. This is awesome. Are you happy with yourself, Sean? How about that? Is that better? Yeah, it is much better. Much better. And now you turn your camera off, though. Oh, also better. It it, you know, you guys oh. don't need to see me. Let, me. let me see if I can turn the camera on here. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> we, yes. we, we had we had predicted that that Sean would somehow take the show off the rails, <laughs> and it's it's good to be prescient. 
Yeah. Well, you uh, you you are that way. I am indeed. Um, no, he's there we go. <laughs> doing it. Well, I wouldn't be able to hear, so I had to put the uh, the earbuds in the phone, which means I have to uh, turn it upside down. I can oh, turn it sideways. You, you, there, there you like, go. Wow. It's like this is the first time you've ever done something like this. You look like Lloyd Bridges in Airplane. Uh, I don't know if he had any stubble. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and the the framing is so bad on all this. This is great. Here's he, also, right he, he also had more hair. He was he was a handsome gentleman. Oh yeah, we had uh, you know we had some news, so we had to we had to worry about the news and cover the news. So sorry about that. That was one hell of a game Saturday night, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Your team, your team uh, did okay. I think. Who knows? I, very, I don't know. I, very happy. Yeah, one one of your teams did okay. That's yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> um, so we um, we want to thank our uh, our donors uh, this week. We have no individual donors. It's really easy to give if you'd like to make a one time donation. Go to mlsoulofdetroit.com. You can hit the link for for uh, Venmo or for PayPal. Uh, of course, we love it when you hit the link for Patreon because you can join us for five dollars a month. You can become a please, please let us get what we want sponsor. That's when you get free, ad-free podcast. It posts before anybody else can get it. You can also watch the ad-free video. For $15 a month, you get both features as well as a bonus episode once a month. We will be posting our second bonus episode shortly. For $25 a month, you get the work as a four-letter word membership level where you get all that stuff in an autographed copy of the Kwame Sutra. And for $60 a month, you'll be a handsome devil because not only do you get all the swag that we already described, we will send you a unique piece of ML Soul of Detroit merchandise, a wearable, a hoodie, a hockey jersey, a long sleeve t-shirt, a t-shirt, whatever you say you like, a beanie, We'll hook you up, brother. We'll hook you up. And sisters. Now, I want to ask... Um, I want to ask oh, but we, we have what, one person, what, what, what? one person who joined us oh. on Patreon... Diane Forrester, thank you for becoming our latest Patreon supporter. You guys are keeping the show going. And I also want to say something about people who have big hearts and support things. Clark Park, my annual fundraiser in Southwest Detroit, we have an online fundraiser. We have a goal every year of trying to reach $5,000. It's part of our overall fundraiser, and I think we raised maybe $30,000 this year. Anyway, we were real close to having our first year in a long time where we didn't hit our goal which was $5,000. I mean, we were quite a ways away and I thought I thought no, we're not going to we're not going to make it. And at the last minute, I got a text telling me that you made it because right. somebody looked at how far we were from our goal and they covered the whole amount. Uh, he's a sponsor of the show. He's an incredibly generous what? gentleman. He does not want me to name him. I think I know who it is. But he said if he you want if you want to call it a memorial donation Feel free to oh, do so. Man. And he's made it in honor of Michael Ross, who uh, died in a vehicular accident in Salem Township uh, a couple weeks ago. So, uh, so Michael Ross, uh, you are an angel. You have an angel. And this is a nice legacy to help the kids in Southwest yeah. Detroit. So unnamed, big-hearted person, thank you for what you do for us all the time and for what you do for the kids in Southwest Detroit every year. But this year, especially came in like a hero and uh, we really appreciate it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so thank you so much. Um, Sean, since you weren't here earlier, I'm going to ask you because we had a guest in who uh, works for the Free Press, believe it or not. So one of your colleagues. I have a question for you, too. So let's let's go. All right. Let's oh, yeah, go. Hurry, big you, timer. Yeah, you've been here for like five minutes. What's up, no, big no, show? no. I mean, uh, let, like, 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 let's get into it. Not let's leave the show. Oh, okay. Let's, let's well, get into it. By, yeah, by the I, way, Sean, I wonder I, why I thought that's what you meant, Sean. I have to point <laughs> out, uh, and people who are watching this, uh, our uh, Big Mouth Strikes Again supporters. No, no, sorry. That's just our please, please let's get what you want supporters for five dollars watching the video. Are wondering why you're out of uniform. Why? Oh, why don't I have the uh, the Solar Detroit hoodie on? Last week you were crying for a new hoodie. You the old one was so threadbare that it just it just disintegrated after the show. No, I think it's making its way to the wash. By the way, you've had a week. I I would have liked to have kept. Uh, yeah, that's true. Sometimes it's a little slow in the uptake, as you guys know, with everything. I, I'm a little bummed though. I liked it when I had you plugged in and on my desktop and my phone because it was fun to hear myself twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, everybody wants to hear you twice. Yeah, unimaginable. I just like to hear you once. Okay. It's better than okay. zero. No, but we had Amelia Benavides Colon. Uh, Colon? Colon? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised I got two out of the three right. Um, and you kind of went a little anchor man there at the end. I did. Benavides Colon. Well, I figured if I rushed through it, it wouldn't sound so bad. Uh, but she wrote the article about tunnel systems, and I just it popped in my head that Sean, you must have some kind of weird tunnel story. Tunnel story. Have you ever been in a tunnel? You mean just a tunnel in general? Yeah, like maybe when you were in high school, did you go explore someplace, uh, a tunnel maybe you weren't supposed to be? Did you eat at the tunnel barbecue in Windsor? A forbidden tunnel? Tunnel barbecue in Windsor was Uh, great. I don't don't know that I was in too many tunnels. Uh, There's a place called Enchanted Rock that's that's in, uh, where is it? It's outside of Fredericksburg, Texas, a little German community, maybe an hour outside uh, of Austin. Uh, not too far from Lady Bird Johnson's, uh, you know, rolling hills. In any case, and it's people say huge, I huge, it's this huge, uh, sort of half dome slab of pink granite that just kind of, it's almost like it's, it's, it's not like the devil's tower out in Wyoming, but you can see it from miles and miles away. When you yeah. come up, people like to go out and camp and, and, and get naked and take peyote or whatever. And there's, uh, some rock formations that form a tunnel. So, um, that's uh, we we got in there. We we had all too much in our systems, and everybody started freaking out because you couldn't see the end of it. Oh God! So I, yeah, yeah. Have you ever have you ever you know that just the sheer terror of claustrophobia? Oh yeah. That's made that's made worse by substances uh, that you're in, and you know maybe you're a little inebriated on top of that, so your footing isn't great. Yeah. And Beans you're, you're, there, you're, done you're, that. You're being you're being led by a guy named Rahim who who owns a little uh, breakfast uh, diner and. 
and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's, yeah, there you go. What a perfectly specific, weird tunnel story. I love it. It's great. So I don't know if that counts as a, as a tunnel story. <laughs> it's a, a story. It's all yeah, I really I, wanted. I, let me, let me ask you this though, yes, Mark. Fire away. I know that, I know this was last week. This happened after we recorded last week, and I'm going to ask you what you think. So, Ward Manuel, because you're a big Michigan guy, Ward Manuel, the athletic director for the University of Michigan, said uh, said last week that he hadn't really thought, given much thought about Jawan Howard, whether he should return. And then my colleagues, speaking of free press colleagues, yeah, Carlos Menares wrote that Howard needs to be fired. I don't know how much Carlos has actually watched the team. I don't, and, and all that. I don't know that he even likes basketball. But that doesn't feel well, like a hot take. They suck. And but where are, you, where are you with Howard? Are you done with him, or do you think he deserves another year? I'm done with as him. A, as a Michigan fan, I'm, I'm curious. I'm done with him. I'm is done it because of the losing this year and last year, or is it also, you know, the incident all of with... It. Uh, all of it. it. was slapping the coach, the assistant coach of Wisconsin. The incident was uh, Sanderson, the yeah. strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. All, all of it, yeah. The whole, uh, yeah, did you mention the Wisconsin deal? Yeah, that whole yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of it. I mean, winning cures a lot of those ills, and he's not winning. And frankly, there's just a massive lack of talent. He hasn't done a really good job getting a team together and getting good talent in. He is misevaluating people, which blows my mind. And I, I don't know if you saw that after the Illinois game, and he was talking about who that's Illinois studs named Terrence. Terrence, uh, Shan, uh, uh, Shannon Brown, not Shannon Brown. That was a Michigan State player. Uh, Brown, Brown. No, yeah. Shannon, Terrence Shannon. Terrence, Terrence Shannon. Shannon, there you go. Um when he said thank you to the Illinois fan base, because the story is he committed to Michigan, but couldn't get in academically. Yeah. That's happened. To, can, that's happened a few times. Exactly. And you can tell that really is pissing uh, Juwan off. I feel like, I feel like he's kind of fed up with it. He might be. So they, they made the sweet 16 a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. With his, with his guys. So it's two years, two years. That's it. Oh, he, he and, can, and you're done. He can coach, right? I mean, he can, He's a good no. He's a good coach. He's a good X's and O's coach. He's really exactly. good. Actually, I don't think he is that good of a head coach. I mean, that you're in management now. It's a different beast. A program builder, you would say. What about yeah. Mike? Are you? You probably want Howard to stay, don't you? As a Michigan State guy. Um, I, I, I at sixty eight. I don't know how well Izzo can take a punch. So I'm a little worried about that. But otherwise, you know. And speaking of that, by the way, I, I didn't I didn't hear Harbaugh calling for a full investigation of punches when it was Michigan coaches throwing them punches. But when Spartans dust off a couple of punks, we got to bring in the uh, Interpol. Apples and oranges. But, um, Why do you always go back to that? Jeez. But um, because of the hypocrisy never leaves. Well, I mean, here's the other thing, too. One's a crime. Do, do you do you what do you think of a legacy guy? You know, I mean, obviously he's stuck with Harbaugh after the two and four year. But yeah, I want Harbaugh gone, gone, too. I was wrong about that. Howard's a legacy guy, right? Played with the Fab Five. So do you do you think, you know, he's just coming off a of heart surgery? I mean, do you think... Well, uh, I will say this. I mean, there could be things going on that we just don't know about regarding the heart surgery and regarding, you know, how how attached has he been lately to the program? How involved has he been? And maybe is that why it fell apart this year? All that being said, you watch the team. There's just a severe lack of coaching and talent on that team. Well, speaking of, yeah, that, no, I, I'm with you. Speaking of punches, another thing that happened last week after we recorded was Isaiah yeah. Stewart. Yeah, what uh, is he doing? The, the the Pistons forward who walked in with Drew Eubanks, a, a, a Phoenix Suns power forward, walked in the arena at the same time last Wednesday night, I think. 
And uh, they started having uh, exchanging words, got chest to chest, and then Stewart took a swing at him and hit him in the mouth. Security escorts him out of the arena, and then the local police come and arrest him. Yeah. Probably better if he could hit a jump shot, right? Yeah, that probably would be a little bit How many times has a player been arrested at an arena? I was trying to think about that. It's it's been a while, huh? I, has, it, I, has it ever did, happened? Did, did did Ron Artest get arrested in the Malice at the no, Palace? I don't, I don't think so. I don't so. think so, no. I, I think, think so. Todd Bertuzzi, when he had that uh, that dust up in Vancouver, I think he was taken to a police station days, if not weeks, after that what ended up being a criminal assault case. Well, what about when Rodman kicked that guy in the balls? I mean, he wasn't arrested. Then. With a cameraman in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. God, can you imagine a six foot ten guy hits you into pills when he's really pissed off yeah. and you Yeah, so I can't remember any time any time where someone was arrested. No, it, at, yes. It's on uh, game day. You know, it seems it seems unique. And I mean I'm sure he's gonna get suspended at least. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, he has uh, who suspended. knows? Who knows? But yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. I was just, uh, you know, just some things that happened la- after we were able to talk about them last week that it might be, uh, you know, it seemed worth, I mean, the tunnel thing is obviously way more important than anybody punching or losing their job, but, yeah, but, you know. Are you talking about the Michigan tunnel fight that ML wants to talk about all the time? Oh, my God. Well, he he talked about that every week for how many weeks in a row? It was, it was, uh, this this. This entire episode, by the way, was about tunnels. I'm just keeping with the theme. I oh, don't yeah, know sure. why you guys didn't pick up on that. I guess it's so who just was, not as who was showing, in the show. Who was showing me some uh, empathy because I have to cover football? It was a, uh, a listener, listener, mm-hmm. listener who suggested the song. Well, you won't be surprised. It's a long-winded guy with a fake name. Is right <laughs> president of your fan club. <laughs> no, but he you just know, the only this. thing you didn't mention was psychedelics. And uh, his favorite eateries. It really seemed like the ad breaks and the, the, the projection. The projection is strong with this one, right, Mark? Yeah. <laughs> the, the, Long-winded guy with fake names. I've never. My name is my name, and I mean sometimes I'm a little slow. But for you to call somebody long-winded is pretty rich, and the fact that you won't even use your first name it makes me uh, suspicious who you're trying to hide from. Oh, to be frank, touche. I haven't really said that much for the last ten minutes, other than <laughs> Sean. Would you please adjust your camera? Oh, I'm sure you. I'm sure you said plenty in the first twenty. Did Mark even get a word in? Yeah, no, it's fine. You'll have to no, listen we, back. We, we we had a a charming and great. an incredibly talented young journalist as our as our guest, and um, we bonded over cults. She, yeah, it turns out that uh, turns out that in Sutton's Bay, apparently, people are finding their soulmates. Sean, have you ever been recruited to a cult? No, no. See, I wouldn't you? be surprised if he was. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Down in Texas, Sean, Sean would be George Costanza when the uh, cleaning cult comes into his apartment. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm feeling so lonely sometimes. Like, good luck with all that." And then they, they leave. No, but I did, I did know a fellow. Call me Tom. Oh, here we go. Wait, chicken. Wait, what happened? Uh-oh, I knew is. a fellow at a, at a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and then in the mid '80s, I want to say. <laughs> In the middle of uh, Illinois, who claimed he was part of a cult? I can't. I, I can't remember what he did. And talked about sacrificing and all that sort of thing. But he he rode a. Um, oh, remember what was that? Yeah, remember that Yamaha it was a Yamaha bike came out that in the mid eighties and it would do one hundred eighty miles an hour. The Ninja. Yeah. No, but it was something. It was something Max Yamaha. I don't know. It was just a one big huge engine on two on a tiny little frame with two big wheels. 
<laughs> and it would run down the freeway at 100. Anyway. Did you so steal drove, one in Indonesia? <laughs> no, no, but he drove that and, and claimed that he was in a cult. I don't know. He's a great guy. Yeah, was no, he, he used to talk about all sorts of stuff. Was like he that. pulled over and said he was in a sovereign state, or what is that? Where you're, I uh, took, I a took it in a took it with a grain yeah. of salt, but it did remind. That does remind me of another restaurant guy who was a motorcycle guy who Wait, used to we tell so tall close tales. To getting out of here, and and I know he sucks me in, man. So I claimed, stories. claimed he was in an, an accident, a motorcycle accident, and it was so he hit the gas ceramics. tank and that his uh, balls put indentations in the gas tank. Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Stop talking over him and you'd catch the whole story. Go ahead. Talk about that guy's balls. Same guy that said that he later that motorcycle, he was in some kind of a sandstorm and it stripped all the paint off of it. You know, so this is this is the kind of stuff that we used to uh you know hear from him. I uh I know someone that was in a cult, believe it or not. Hold on a second. A real cult, uh the Nexium cult. Remember the Nexium cult? Well, that was a sex one, right? Yeah, I know. I know a, a girl I went to high school. You with. mean was, not the uh, heartburn medication cult? Right. No, no. Yeah, no. But the, she, I, I was really good friends with her in high school, and she ended up in in the Nexium cult. He totally brainwashed her. She now, got out. She mentioned uh, or talked at uh, the female part of Nexium, not Keith Raniere. I can't remember her name, but she gave a, a victim impact statement at her at her trial. How long did you did you How long did you go, Mark, before you learned? That drinking the Kool Aid was actually a reference to a cult. Oh, did you learn that? Would you learn that I, when you were young? Or did did that come later? Feel like I've always known known that reference because okay. Jonestown was what seventy eight, seventy nine, something like that. Yeah. yeah, so it was always out. It was always one of those things. Once you hear that phrase, okay, I, I have to ask what I've ridden a few motorcycles. <laughs> There's no way <laughs> that even the firmest sack is going to dent a gas tank was did you see visual evidence of this were there two cherry no, dents in this no, no, thing no. no this was a this was a guy rest his soul who uh so this was hyperbole then or a, as they a, say in, a good wit as they say in ann arbor hyperbole he'd like to tell like to tell tall tales because it helped him get tips but but he would swear by certain stories and this is one of them and you know we of course thought he was full of shit but but i always thought that was a funny image you know that he yeah he was on he was on a bike he got in a wreck the force uh, indented his gas tank from his testicles did you dust his <laughs> scrotum for paint uh particles was there oh, was csi uh csi texas involved in this testes. No. csi testes no okay no i'm glad no. you i'm glad you finally joined us sean what a breath of fresh air. Yeah, although I tell you my seat's feeling a lot less comfortable just thinking about it. <laughs> no, that's a that's a heck of an image, isn't it? Well Unfortunately, yeah. I, I can see ripping your nuts off on the handlebars if you went uh, you know, tits over teacup, but I can't see uh anyway, it's yeah, that's a troubling image. Um just a little, just a little something to spice it up at the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, some guys' balls. You know, I think we've we've I found hope Amelia didn't make it this far in the episode. Yeah, no, we apologize. Uh, she's she's probably like these guys. These guys probably won't even be able to load this podcast up. They're still yeah. talking about uh, tunnels and balls, about Snapchat and iPods and world wars, which they may or may not have fought in because they're so old. Um, I think we found. Our new podcasting formula is we bring Sean in at the end. The uh, three minutes he has to contribute are compressed. <laughs> we, we get the uncut shit. 
we give people a little high at the end and then we uh, I, we just, thank I, them for listening, tell them to support our sponsors, join our Patreon, and then we... I, I just know he has call a him the sea dog. He has a story about everything, one way or the other. I love it. It's fascinating. He, but he, he here's the thing. Like, what are you doing, he, man? He has a story about everything and nothing all at the same time. But they're entertaining. They make me laugh. They make me smile. That's a good thing. They're, they're as as anyone who's ever taken the French sewer tunnel would tell you they're tray amusant <laughs> yeah i'm sorry that i uh, don't have stories about working at a paint store you know what i mean but uh yeah yeah that's we actually we actually sold uh gas tank paint uh, in very small quantities in case someone's nuts had scuffed the finish on their uh, on their fine yeah. yamaha max yeah. uh, i could also tell the same story every week about a story i wrote 20 years ago that <laughs> might work too it's you're still you're still living off that steve wilson profile are you yeah <laughs> he's on yeah. fire man. Quit, i mean quit I buying prostitutes be, I fat be, ass i could be uh instead of you know i could be self-reverential you know and uh self-aggrandizing i guess at the same time but you know we'll see <laughs> I'd like I to mean, see you, you just you know, try it, mister. I think, I think, in my humble opinion, I think uh, what makes the show work is that we're all different. We bring a little bring a little something different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you got Mother Teresa, you've got Gandhi, you've got Manson. They're all different, but together, <laughs> together we got a world. Yeah. Well, we, we, we do, unfortunately. If we, if we don't have those people, then... What's the point of the Bible or, or any religion, right? Or any, you know, right? Ten Commandments and all that. So we got to have it. Got to have the tension, right? Whatever you say. <laughs> Your Lordship. I mean, what, where would you be if you weren't, if you couldn't talk about fights in the tunnels? You have to have the yin with the yang, right? Yeah. S suspensions and all mm -hmm. that. I mean, you know, how much material is that Michigan State, Michigan game given you over the last few years, right? God, we had a hundred, uh, uh, an hour and 25 minutes of yin and then all yang at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't normally do this at the beginning of the show because it's, you know, there's not a lot of room, right? And we're, no, we're serious. I'm using the air quotes. I don't really like air quotes, but uh, we're, we're serious at that time of the show. Thanks so. for making an exception for us. I'm, I'm trying to. Thanks for getting uh, out of your abide. your anti air quote comfort zone. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to uh, abide by the by the uh, you know the, the the feel of the show at the start of the show. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you for breaking it down. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's ever said it quite so distinctively. Um, that's it for this week. We hope that you will support our advertisers. Please tell them that you found out about them from ML Soul of Detroit. Please join us on Patreon. We uh, we appreciate your support. And there's all kinds of cool benefits at a, at a pittance. And until next week, we ask our friend Cyrus, tunnel or no tunnel, bridge or no bridge, uh, rock formation that's like Devil's Tower, to take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Someday this man's going to be president of the United States. Sean Windsor. Hey, you going to organize the cops? Hey, that's easy. Someday I'm going to organize the crooks. Mark Fellhauer. You could uh, cross over and testify for the government. You want me to give up? Am I not Rick? <laughs> the soul of Detroit. With 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 